Hey, Josh. Hey, Chris. Happy pre-election day. Pre-election day, it's November 6th, is that right today? Seventh. 7th, 7th, Monday. Yes, you're right, it's the day before the election. And we're here to talk about our predictions of who we think will win, not who we want to win. We want to be clear about that. We're not giving our personal opinions on who we like, but just who we think will win. We'll talk a little bit about the nat about the Senate and the House nationally, and then we'll dive into the local races. But we have a new feature for our podcast. It's it's listener email. We're Excellent. actually getting, we're actually getting emails. Fantastic. So, and I'm just reading this for the first time. So, uh, and it's short. Dear Oyvale. Kevin DeLeon should resign immediately, exclamation point. The city simply cannot tolerate any more corruption from our public officials, especially in this council district. Sincerely, Art Snyder, Richard Alatore, Jose Wezar. <laughs> well, there you well, go. That, that's an, that's uh, just fills my heart. <laughs> that we're getting listener responses to to our podcast. I'm very and, happy to hear that. And people who care. Clearly, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Well, let's hope this uh, this podcast catalyzes more listener emails and uh, some real ones. Yeah. <laughs> some real ones. Yeah. Let's let's dive into it. So, this election is said to be by many one of the most consequential of our lifetimes. I think I've heard that line over many, many years uh, in the past. But I would say that, that that may be a fitting description this year. This is a podcast about Los Angeles, but we're having a national election and voter turnout at a national level always cascades down to a local level. So we shall see. What do you, do you think it's that consequential? I, I do. I think it's it could be the most consequential of our lives. And, and you're right. I've heard the same thing. But every time it actually might be true. And I think it might be true because we could be on the verge of slowly losing our democracy. And so, yeah, I do think it's a critically important election. I hope that the turnout is reflective of the level of importance and, and how this will shape our collective futures. But tell me what your thoughts are at a national level. What do you think is going to happen? The Senate and the House, this history will tell <clears throat> us that, that the incumbent party, the president, the party in the White House always loses very, very badly in a midterm election. The current president has a lot going against him uh, with inflation, um, uh, the, the um, uh, rising prices of gas and all that, which are affecting, as they say, the kitchen table issues. So what is your prediction for the way it'll turn out nationally? Well, I think the Democrats have been smart to run on the abortion issue. I think that's a winning issue for them. I don't think the Democrats have been very smart running on the Inflation Reduction Act, because if you really dive into that bill, most of the stuff really doesn't take effect for maybe a couple of years from now. Prescription drug stuff, for example, that's not, I think, till 2026, if I remember correctly. 
So I do think that inflation interest rates are going to hurt the Democrats tomorrow um, badly. I think the Republicans, I know I shouldn't give my opinions, but I think the Republicans are crazy. And so that's going to hurt them. And so I think they each have their, their cross to bear. But I think the House is going to go to the Republicans. And I think barely the Democrats might keep the Senate. At 50-50. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I agree. I think the House will undoubtedly go to the Republicans. And the Senate is really a toss-up at this point. Nobody really has a clear view of what that looks like. There's all these pivotal races from Pennsylvania to Nevada, Arizona. Um, all the pundits have, you know, 87 theories about if this happens, then that happens. But I do think that the Democrats will keep the 50-50. I don't think they're going to get any more than that. And um, I think the, the, the real question about those races is, Will Nancy Pelosi stay a member of the House if she gives up the Speaker's gavel? She granted her first interview since her husband was viciously attacked to CNN today to Anderson Cooper and hinted that she might be done, which would be a big deal. So even though, I mean, she's on the ballot tomorrow too. Yes. So even when, again, she'll win. But she might not serve out her term if she doesn't stay speaker? It, it, nobody knows. It's just mm. a, 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 a new narrative that you would expect would come with the, these two events of her husband's attack and the likelihood, strong likelihood, that her party will be in the minority very it's soon. Interesting. That's very that's fascinating. Um I, I, before we turn to local, I do want to say something else about the, some of the races outside of California. To me, the tell is where each party is spending their money and where they're sending Biden and Obama and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. And the New York governor's race is really interesting. I mean, that should be a shoe in for the Democrats. And apparently, according to polling, it's much closer than it needs to be. And I think Biden went to New York to campaign. I can't remember the current governor's name. I apologize for that. Kathy Hochul. Hochul, yeah. Um, and that that's, if you're a Democrat, that has to be of concern, that that race is so close. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be. In a normal year, a Democrat would win that race pretty easily. Right. Right. There's any, anything but normalcy going on right now in all these races. And I think the other thing we have to brace ourselves for in our, um, that is the, the, the delay that's going to come in counting votes. There's an expectation that, that we'll have the answers right away. I think the last election um, proved that that um, may take a while, especially at the local level. Uh, with all the mail-in ballots that are happening here in California and elsewhere. But I think that those of us who are looking for immediate gratification and, and information and news about what the outcomes are might have to sit on the sidelines for quite some time while everything is, is counted. No, nope, I think that's right. Yeah, we could be waiting several days. Mm -hmm. So yeah. should we talk about the local races?
let's let's I'm going to throw the the fastball at your head first and say <laughs> what are your what's your prediction for the Los Angeles City mayoral race Karen Bass Congressman Karen Bass and businessman Rick Caruso well as I just discussed about the governorship in New York in a normal year Karen Bass would win this going away going away would not even be close it might have been over in the primary she might have gotten over the 50 percent with homelessness with crime i think i'm going to sound like trump now like we've never seen before but i actually think it's true in this case i think a lot of voters are angry um and then you add in how much caruso has spent He's just blanketed the airwaves with ads. I mean, I've watched a lot of sports on TV, and including the World Series, and I don't think I saw one Karen Bass ad, but I saw countless Rick Caruso ads. The polling is showing it close. Um, I think Caruso is going to pull it out. Again, I want to be clear. I want to. I'm going to say this probably a couple more times during this podcast. I'm not saying I want Caruso or I want Bass. I just think that. Russo is going to find a way to pull it out. How about you? I'm going to offer a contrary view, which is that I think Bass will pull it out. I think she's going to win by five percentage points. That's that's my prediction. I think, like everything, it's going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to getting out the vote, and it's going to come down to the undecideds to represent this gray area uh, that's going to tilt the election one way or the other. What's interesting about the election tomorrow is that it's supposed to be pouring rain, torrential rains in Los Angeles, which happens once a decade or, or so. Right. And um, uh, I think that could certainly put a damper, no pun intended, on, on the turnout. And most people would say that the Republicans um, are more likely to, to vote on election day rather than by mail. But it's hard to say whether the rain and the inclement weather affects one candidate more than the other. But I would, if I had to say, I would say it, it hurts Caruso more than it hurts Bass. You have to admit, I think the one point we will agree on, though, is that it shouldn't be this close. It should not be this close. I agree with that. And I actually think Karen Bass is a good candidate. She's done fine in the debate, smart person, well-intentioned. But I do think she's running into a headwind of what is typically in the local elections, voter apathy. Um, I, I think, you know, we don't know what the turnout's going to be. But I, I, think there, I think the turnout, rain aside, could be higher than we've seen for a local election. Yeah, there's a little bit of headwind that comes with a hundred million dollar spend as well. Absolutely, which is breaking all sorts of records here in Los Angeles. But it's yeah. going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, I wish there was. I wish the elections were publicly financed, but they're not. At least they're not so far. And so Caruso is. If I can be crude, uh, you know, Crusoe is, and it would be the first time I've ever been crude. Um, you know, the, the the old joke of why does a dog lick its balls? Because it can, right? And Crusoe is not doing anything illegal. Um, this is 
perfectly acceptable. It's, I don't like it. I don't think you like it, but it's the way the system is right now. So maybe this will help change the system. I don't know. It, it could. We had a guest on, you'll recall, a couple months ago who ran for mayor and who talked about campaign finance reform being the most important um, takeaway she had of how hard it is for a candidate to become viable and competitive. And public financing of campaigns would, would uh, level the playing fields and would probably produce more candidates, possibly higher quality candidates, um, but certainly more. And um, yeah, level playing field is always a good thing in democracy. So what do you think about the sheriff's race? Well, I think the sheriff's race is uh, gonna go to Robert Luna. He has the endorsement of every member of the LA County Board of Supervisors. And though he's probably the least well-known candidate on the local ballot, I think the um, the anybody but Villanueva wave is raging like a tsunami. And Los Angeles Times reporting on the, the current sheriff's antics are, are really troubling and really revealing to those of us who follow this stuff. And I think the polling shows that Luna's going to prevail. But again, never say never. It's all about turnout and, and we'll see. What do you think? I, I think Luna's going to win. I, I, I think if we had had a sheriff here in Los Angeles County who was halfway good, not even completely good, halfway good, that person would win. I don't think Luna isn't a very impressive candidate, but I think this is going to be a vote against the incumbent. And Luna just happens to be the beneficiary of that, and he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, that will that one will be interesting for sure. What's next? How about the city attorney? Let's talk about the city attorney of Los Angeles. We have two candidates, Heidi Fettelstein Soto and Faisal Gill. Who do you <sighs> think is going to take that one? Soto. Yeah, I too. do. Me too. That's probably the most important race that is drawing the least attention. The controller's race is drawing a tremendous amount of attention and news coverage. Um, but the city attorney's race, at least in my orbit, is not generating nearly as much interest, but it's uh, hugely important. One of three only citywide seats in Los Angeles and it's very, very unusual that there isn't a uh, sitting elected official running for that seat. That's typically the way that that's gone. So I would agree with you that Heidi Fettelstein Soto is going to win that. What about controller? You have um, outgoing council member, longtime elected official Paul Koretz running against uh, Kenneth Nieha. You know, 
LA politics is funny. Uh, even though Rick Caruso might win as mayor, and he, even though he calls himself a Democrat, I think he's a moderate Republican. And I don't mean that with any criticism. That's just my belief about what he really is. We, so we could have a moderate Republican as mayor, but we could have a socialist city council. And in these other two citywide offices, we could have socialists. Um, so your question was, what do I think about the city controllers race? I, I don't think, I don't think Koretz is going to win that one. I just don't. Yeah. Mieha has uh, quite a bit of momentum from the primary. Um, uh, he's been extremely successful drawing new younger voters out um, with, with social media savvy. And Koretz is a, is a name that's been on lots and lots of ballots in Los Angeles for many, many years, West Hollywood, State Assembly, City Council. But I, I agree that, that Paul is running far behind on that. And I would agree that it's going to be a tough night for him. I do. I think it'll be tough. I mean, you never say never, but... Um... All right, so city council races. Where do we right, start? Let's start with five, Paul Goretz's current seat. You have Katie Young and Yaroslavsky running against Sam Yebri. Do you want me to go first? Please. I, I, You know, I think they're both decent people, good candidates. I think either one, if elected, would be fine. Um, but I think Katie's going to win. She's She's got the backing. She's got the endorsements. She's got the money. She's got the name. She's going to win. Yeah, that's that's an a, a, a easy one, I would say, as well. That she, she also came very, very close to winning the, the seat outright with 50% plus one in the primary. So, um, Okay, well, that one's not going to be that interesting. Well, by the way, I want to add something. Anyone who wins tomorrow or whatever they announce the winners, I think could be vulnerable in four years if the problems we have now in the city of L.A. aren't, they're not going to be solved. But if they, if we aren't in better shape, if, if, if the new mayor doesn't make a dent in the homeless problem, I think that person's vulnerable. And the same with Katie and CD5. Things have things have to improve. So, what's the metric for that? Is it how visible and ubiquitous or not homelessness is in your neighborhood? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we can't really count on the numbers because now they're saying that the homeless count, which I think they said is around forty thousand, may not be correct. Could be more than that. So I don't think we can count on the raw numbers in total, but I think the way you suggested, what what do we see when we drive around? And if that's not better, yeah, I think the incumbents will will have a difficult time getting reelected in four years. I think that's really thematically what's driving a lot of the narrative of Los Angeles city politics, which is this slow erosion of quality of life and how it's moved from the areas where it was expected to be housed or, or in Skid Row and 
parts of downtown and it's now everywhere, every neighborhood. Uh, very, very, very few are immune to the problems that, that come with the pervasive homelessness. So I, I think any, any incumbent, I agree with you, any incumbent in four years is going to be hard pressed to articulate what they've done to move the needle during their time in office. And I think to digress back to the mayor's race for a second, I think Karen Bass was quoted in the Wall Street Journal saying that she couldn't, she would not be able to fix homelessness within four years. And Caruso's campaign seized on that, I think appropriately. On one hand, I think she's absolutely telling the truth that this doesn't mm -hmm. get fixed that quickly. But by the same token, there isn't an Angelino, especially one who goes into the voting booth or mails in their ballot, who is not eager to put somebody in the mayoral seat that doesn't feel profound urgency to fix this problem. There simply has to be some sort of measurable progress. There has to be. There's no way if Karen Bass wins tomorrow and in four years, the problem is worse. Obviously, it depends on who she'd be facing in four years because you don't just run on your own record. You run against your opponent. But I, I, I it would be hard for her to win re-election. It'd be hard for Caruso to win if he doesn't if he doesn't uh, make progress on it as well. Yeah. So let's transition to the 11th district. Speaking of homelessness, this is the West side currently held by Councilman Mike Bonin. He stepped down from his seat and, and not, chose not to run for a third term. And so you have two candidates in a runoff, Tracy Park, who's an attorney, and Aaron Darling, who is also an attorney. Aaron Darling has the endorsement of the sitting council member, and Tracy Park is slightly to the right and a bit more conservative, I think, came up through politics by um, um, raising concerns about the pervasive homelessness in, in, in her neighborhood. So I know you live close to that area. What, what are your thoughts about that race? And I think, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Aaron Darling received the highest number of votes Mm -hmm, he in did. The primary. He did. Um, just so our listeners know, I'm in Santa Monica, so I can't even vote for any of the city of LA elections. But um, I'm actually very surprised that, at least polling wise, Tracy Park isn't doing better um, and didn't do better in the primary, although there were a lot of candidates in the primary. So the vote got divided. This is one of those races that I'm actually going to um, discuss my personal preference um, at the risk of getting myself in trouble, but I can always delete this podcast if if I do get in trouble. Um, I, I it, It's sort of mind-boggling to me that Aaron Darling is doing so well because I believe strongly that if Bonin had run for re-election, he would have lost. And Aaron Darling has some mildly different views than Bonin, but they're pretty much clones. Um, and so I'm sort of shocked that the voters would be willing to elect Darling, but not Bonin. Um, 
but we're here to talk about who we think will win, not not who we want to win. I think Aaron Darling is going to win. What about you? I would agree. I'm not following it nearly as closely as you are, or as I am some of the other races, but I always look back to the primary as a gauge for where the electorate is. And I think uh, Darling prevailed, not only uh, got more votes, but I think it was by a, a pretty wide margin. And so I think it's uh, very, very likely that, that he will win. And, um, and Tracy Park um, won't be able to pull it out, but we'll, we'll see. This is also one of those elections, at least locally, where I think higher voter turnout would benefit a, a Rick Caruso. And I think higher voter turnout would benefit Tracy Park. Because I think the angry voters who will come out were going to vote for Park or vote for Caruso. Um, but as you say, the rain could have put a damper on us. They may not come out to vote anyway. So hard to know. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a, a strong alignment between the votes in CD11 and the mayoral race. I think whoever, if, if Tracy Park prevails, Caruso wins. Yeah. If Aaron Darling prevails, Bass wins. I'm going to disagree on the last part. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Next is 13, uh, Council District 13, which is Hollywood and elsewhere. You have incumbent Mitch O'Farrell running against a labor community organizer, Hugo Soto Martinez. This is a rare instance of an incumbent being forced into runoff after a primary. And O'Farrell is, of course, um, inextricably linked, for better or worse, to the uh, now-disgraced former city council president, Nuri Martinez, who stepped down uh, over the leaked and taped racist comments. O'Farrell was the president pro tem, or the number two of the full city council, and is being challenged from the left by Soto Martinez. So let me, ask, let me ask you, if you're an incumbent city council person on the ballot tomorrow, does what happened two or three weeks ago with Neri Martinez and the two others, does that help or hurt an incumbent? Do you think in this case it'll hurt? O'Farrell? I think, I think it will hurt. I think, I, th I think whether it come out or not, I think O'Farrell is in trouble. Um, anytime an incumbent doesn't win in the primary is highly, highly unusual and reflective of a, you know, significant dissatisfaction with the constituency. Arguably, this district has one of the most complex homelessness issues, quality of life issues, though they really are in every council district. This district in particular, I think, is exceptionally challenged because, I, as I recall, it's got Echo Park, uh, where there was a huge dust up about a homeless encampment that was uh, broken up um, Hollywood as well. But I think that the um, grassroots and, and um, the democratic socialist groups are really pouring a lot of time and energy into this race because they see it as, as winnable. And I think 
O'Farrell's is in trouble. So we saw, we saw this, what, a couple of years ago when Rahman beat Rio, mm -hmm. where an incumbent lost. And as you say, that's really rare. Then we saw Cedillo lose a primary, which is even more rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I it's the 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 way voters are thinking, at least if you believe the polls, is is perplexing to me. I, I think O'Farrell's going to lose, but again, the mayor's race is so close. At least theoretically, polling is, looks makes it look close. You know, so we may be electing you know a handful of Democratic socialists to the city council and have a moderate Republican as mayor, mm -hmm. and that's frankly puzzling to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly possible in this complex community called mm -hmm. Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the last council race that's competitive. It's 15th District, San Pedro, Watts, the southern portion of the city near the, including the Port of Los Angeles. You have Danielle Sandoval running against Tim McCosker. Well, let me, let me, say it this way, if you or I, and we both run our own businesses, if we didn't pay our employees and then we decided to run for a public office, you'd probably expect that something would come out in the public that we hadn't paid our employees. That's my long way of saying McCoster's going to win, and I think it's going to be an easy win. Had she been an ethical, honest person, it looked like polling wise, she was doing pretty well. And she had the LA Times endorsement for whatever that's worth. Uh, I think McCoster's going to win. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, it's bad optics, as they say, to not pay your employees. So I think that one is an easy, easy one. Um, McCosker, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't not only win, but win by a huge margin. Um, so. And he's he's running what I call again nothing negative about it, a very old fashioned campaign, going to breakfast, uh, doing a lot of speeches like at Rotary clubs, things like that, doing a lot of handshaking, knocking on doors, and of course he's so well known there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think he's going to be the next city council member there. Yeah, let me digress, Chris, back to the mayor's race for a second, if I Go may. Go for it. So. Regardless of the outcome, at the end of this process, there will have been $100 million spent to advocate on behalf of a single candidate. It's got to be an interesting lesson to come from that, not just about public financing, which we've touched on, but if, the, if, if Caruso's campaign wins, um, that case study and how the money was spent and where it was spent will inevitably be dissected to death. Conversely, if he loses, it, I think it'll still be uh, a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking and what he should have done and where the money should have gone. But what do you, what do you think um, as a consumer of social media, television, you've seen the surround sound that Caruso has put into our ears. What do you think will be the takeaway from, besides that he spent a lot of money? 
It's a great question. I mean, I, you know, does it, I mentioned this earlier, does it make me happy that Caruso is spending this much money? It doesn't. But, you know, when I see a Jeffrey Katzenberg throwing in two or three million dollars or whatever he's thrown into the independent expenditure campaigns for Bass, I'm just as bothered by that. I mean, it's not like Karen Bass doesn't have millionaires supporting her. She does. Crusoe just happens to be doing it himself, and he's doing it with a lot of his money. I, I mean, one other comment about putting money into campaigns. I mean, Bloomberg did it in New York twice or three times. I can't remember if he was if he had twelve years or eight years. I think three. Well, uh, three three terms. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, I mean, was it good that he did that? No, but it was successful for him to self-finance his campaign. Although he tried to run for president and he was gone in a heartbeat. So, I, you know, politicians, I, I mentioned this earlier, politicians run on their own record. They run against their opponents and they run in certain times in history. And yes, Rick Caruso is spending a lot of money. But as we said earlier, he would not be this close, even with $100 million, if for if not for the times that he is running in. These are unprecedented times. So it bothers me less that he's spending this much money in 2022. It bothers me less, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. Well, I want to encourage our listeners to send in more emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in our next episode for that. Yeah, and we're going to have John Regardi back soon after the election to talk about the uh, aftermath and the results. And uh, I don't know if we have um, friendly wagers on any of these predictions, but uh, it would be good to go back and see. I'm going to um, bet. I'm going to bet one million dollars of Rick Caruso's money <laughs> that I'm right. How's that? Okay. That that works. I think I think he'd cover I'll me if I, if uh, if he wins. It'd be pocket change oh. for him. Yeah, quite possibly. All right, Josh. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. We'll uh, we'll reconnect on Wednesday to see if we have any results. Sounds good.